Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, March 16, 2017, and we are studying page 15 of the big book, the first full paragraph that begins, My Wife and I Abandoned Ourselves. Today's readers are Tenzin P. on the 12 Steps, Kathy C. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are uh, Leslie M., Katie G., and Amanda R. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, March 15, 2017, uh, the share ID for 7 a.m. is 9725, that's 7 a.m. Eastern Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9726. And our newcomer greeter for today is Christine Kay. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive eating, overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps of OA. Press star 1 to unmute Tenzin. Thank you. Um, Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P., Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Here are the steps we took, which I suggest is a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
9. Made direct demands to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin P. And Kathy C., would you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Yes, good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive eater from Montreal, Canada. The 12 traditions. Tradition 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA, as such, ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Kathy C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 15, the first full paragraph, and I will ask Leslie M. to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Kathy Kay, for your service. This is Leslie M., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half, during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. Uh, Once again, I'm Leslie M., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And um, this paragraph just tells me, continues to tell me, that working with other alcoholics, with other compulsive overeaters, is the uh, foundation for my recovery. Um, It says here, um, my wife and I abandon ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. And that's exactly what I have experienced uh, by being entirely abstinent and working the 12 steps. Um, my life has been miraculously changed and uh, I am so eternally grateful for it. Um, when, but I soon, he also says, it sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. When I first started, my sponsor would share with me that Um, working with her sponsees was the highlight of her day. And I figured she wasn't being totally honest, but I have found that she was being totally honest because that's exactly the way I feel. When I speak to my sponsees on a daily basis and reread the the doctor's opinion and Bill's story with them, I get that reinforcement that I need um, to remind me of my powerlessness and the fact that I need a power greater than myself in order to um, be spiritually fit every day. Um, And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie M. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Katie G. Colin G. G. Tracy Melissa C. Colin G. I got you. Okay. I have Katie G, Sue G, Harlan G, Lisa B, um, Melissa C, Melissa C, Tracy T. Tracy T. Okay, let's stop there, and we'll certainly have another round. So we have Katie G, Sue G, Harlan G, Lisa B, Melissa C, and Tracy T. Please go ahead, Katie G. Hey, Kathy, can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service. This is Katie G. Recovered, anorexic, bulimic, and compulsive overeater, setting my timer in Boston. I absolutely love this paragraph. Um, So I grew up, and, you know, my thinking, my addict thinking is me, 
myself, and I. And if anything bad happens to me, in fact, if anything happens to me, I want a ticker tape parade. I want all of you to know about it. I want you to know that KDG from Boston is going through this or that. And my idea of getting through a problem is um, something that's mentioned earlier in the chapter, hiding in a deserted barn to die. Like my best thinking, I want to, if, if a problem comes to me, leave me alone. I want to go sit on my problem. I want to talk, I, I want to talk about it. I want to feel it. I want to, and what this chapter is doing, this paragraph is doing, is it's saving my life. I found little work. I was not too well at the time. In my time in Overeaters Anonymous, I've had periods that I haven't worked. I've had periods when, um, especially with my sex conduct, I haven't known what to do. And right now, I'm walking through a really scary medical time. And I get really depressed. And the more I let myself feel my feelings and whatever, it doesn't do anything. It's death of self for a successful living. And this program continues one day at a time to save my life, to save my butt, to save my thinking, to save me from eating. Because when I get to talk to someone else, when I get to hear you and realize I'm not the only human being in the world, and this isn't the KDG's show, and this isn't about me learning to solve my problems. This is about surrender. This is about backing up. This is about death of self for successful living. I get to come alive, and that's what this work reminds me of, um, helping with my, helping my sponsees. Um, I have the privilege to to get an email where I call newcomers all the time. I get to I get to help people feel welcome, and I get out of the KDG show. And thank you God, because the KDG show got me to 228 pounds, 110 pounds, or sitting alone in a room wanting to die. You know, totally privileged and wanting to die. And thank you God, there is a solution entire absence and continued ongoing death of self for successful living, getting out of myself. And I'm so grateful to all of you who show up and walk with me shoulder to shoulder one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Sue G., please go ahead. Press star one, Sue. I think it was Kim G, not Suji. Oh, sorry. Okay, great. Go ahead, Kim. I didn't want to trust my ears, so I wanted to stay quiet. So I okay. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I still remember when someone pointed this out to me. You know, on page 14, we're seeing this white light experience, this great clean wind of the mountaintop blew through, and this incredible experience that Bill has. But if you fold that page over and it touches where we're reading on page 15, it says he was plagued by ways of self-pity and resentment. <laughs> you know, I really thought if I was a good girl and I was abstinent for a length of time and I got to a certain size, then life was going to be wonderful. I thought thin people, pretty people, life was easy. You know, and it's telling me here that I'm going to continue to be a, a human being. And that's what I'm most um, grateful for. I'm grateful for this design for living that works in rough going. Because that is what's going to sustain me. The steps do not give me a perfect life. What the steps do is give me a skill set that I can apply so that I can get undisturbed. You know, last night I, when I did my 11th step review, I was like laughing because I had a difficult day. The, you know, the, West Co- the East Coast has had this snowstorm. Everything is freaking annoying and all this other stuff. 
And I was able to realize, oh, I didn't even have to do a 10-step most of the day because I was able to immediately go to my higher power and remain undisturbed. But looking back at it, I'm like, holy crap, this would have floored me and put me into turmoil a year ago. And eight years ago, I would have been in the food up to my eyeballs. That's what this program does. It doesn't exempt me from life. It gives me a plan of living of how I can deal with life. And what is that plan? And it was stressed with the first share. When I am disturbed, when I am having difficulty, the solution in Overeaters Anonymous and in this big book is go help, go help another alcoholic. Now, society would tell me, you know what, Kim, I think you need to practice some self-care. I think you need to back off from all your, your step work. I think you need to get quiet and take care of you. And I have to tell you, every spiritual path that I have looked into has the same solution of the big book. This depressed self go towards God or a higher power of your understanding. And the big book tells me that over and over again. It tells me that in the doctor's opinion, that, they, that Bill said that it was imperative he worked with others. It tells us in the foreword that the key to permanent recovery is working with another alcoholic. It tells us in working with others. It says practical experience shows that nothing, nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking than intensive work with another alcoholic. And let me tell you, I want immunity from my eating. I want immunity. And I'm going to end with this. I was talking to a sponsor yesterday that's going through a really difficult time, and I'm listening to her, and I'm, you know, trying to, to say, how, you know, how am I going to help her? And she said it herself. She's like, you know what, Kim, things are so hard right now. I need to get another sponsee. I need to get out of my head and help someone else. Thank you, God. That's the message of Big Book, and that is what she heard from her higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Harlan G., please go ahead. Thank you. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Kathy, can I be heard okay? Yes, you can. Okay, thank you so much. For me, and I cannot speak for anyone else, and Kim is a tough act to follow here. I'm going to do my best, though. Uh, For me, the two most important ingredients to a happy life are God and other people, God in the form of recovery and other people. And when I look at this paragraph, I'm reminded of a couple of things. I get this phone call probably 150, 200 times a year from people because I need the reminder and the, the phone call is, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling really bad. And the first thing out of my mouth is, what have you done today to be of service to your fellow human being? But more than anything else, I'm reminded that when I walk into a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous or I'm here on Vision for You, we are standing on the shoulders of giants because the most important thing here is not is not shown, or not the most important thing, but one of the key things is not shown. Lois Wilson and Bill Wilson, upon him leaving the hospital from his third uh, hospitalization here, are going to an Oxford group meeting. And Bill had, was home already. He didn't work, but Lois did. And he's complaining to Lois that his vision was that God told him he was going to sober up drunks. And none of these drunks wanted to get sober. But he's pulling these guys off bar stools in New York City and dragging them to Oxford group meetings, and they didn't want to go. And Lois turned to him and said, but you're staying sober. And it was an aha moment that changed the course of the world. 
And Bill, Bill says here, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I've gone to my old hospital in despair. I'm talking to a man there. I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. Dr. Soapworth and the people at Towns Hospital were very skeptical about having Bill Wilson, who they knew was an alcoholic, coming in to talk to alcoholics. He wasn't a professional. He wasn't a doctor. He wasn't a counselor. He wasn't a psychiatrist or a therapist. But they soon found that he could do good where they couldn't. And what are we reminded here? We're reminded that it is an action program, that it is not a program for people who want it. It's not a program for people who do it. It's, I'm sorry, it's not a program for people who need it, not a program for people who want it. It's a program for people who do it. What do we see on page 89? Life will take on new meaning talking about working with other people, to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Look at how far Bill has come from page Three, or excuse me, from page uh, from page three, where he says, my drinking assumed more serious proportions, continuing all day and almost every night. The remonstrances of my friends terminated in a row, and I became a lone wolf. It is through God and the spiritual experience that he's had and other people that he is lifted up to have many friends. And look at the first line of what we're going to read tomorrow, and it points you in the direction that God is taking him. This is fantastic stuff. I'm glad to be here this morning. I'm so honored to be part of it. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. Lisa B., please go ahead. Good morning. Can you hear me, Kathy? Yes, I can. Good morning, everyone. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you for all the shares, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, The thing that stands out for me in this reading is um, I was not too well at the time, and I was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. And That always takes me back to the forward to the first edition where it tells me many do not comprehend that the alcoholic is a very, very sick person, and I am... I am a a sick person. I'm recovered, but that can still come back. Those waves of self-pity and resentment can come back, you know, and the best thing for me, um, and also helping me to stay in right size because I'm either much better than you or I'm like the bottom of the heap, so much worse than you. It's all that self, 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 you know, is working with others, getting out of myself. And as a result of putting my alcoholic foods down and, um, stopping the worldly clamors in my head, I've been brought home to my true place. My true place, it has always been there, but it's been blocked by the food and the worldly clamors. And I've acknowledged and surrendered and accepted the truth of who and what I am through working through this book. And I'm connected now with deep roots to my creator and my inner higher power. And now working with others and getting out of myself, it is the highlight of my day. It's such a joy. So many times working with others, you know, they are in fact holding the flashlight for me, going through this big book with me. I learned so much. And the other thing is, you know, about that self-pity and the resentment, 
um, the working intensely with others, but also working intensely with my 10 steps on a daily basis, my 11 steps also with that step 12 and working with others. You know, I continue, to, those roots go down deeper and I continue to heal more and more. So many times the resentment and the self-pity is the same thing that's plagued me since I was a little girl, but it's just at deeper levels. You know, it's the same old story. It's all about self, self, self but a deeper, in a deeper way. And that's the wonderful thing about continuing on in this path and this design for living, living actively in steps 10, 11, and 12, that I, too, I do continue to get more and more recovered. And also working with others, I find that for me, it does need to be a work that's with intensity. I can't just do like a little bit here and there. It really has to be an intense work. <clears throat> I really need to um, work with others like my hair is on fire and, you know, like my life depends on it, just like I've done with all the other stuff. So thank you for your service, Kathy. Thank you for everyone that's there, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um you know, I, I had to laugh when I read this this morning, how Bill says, you know, he's looking back and he says it was fortunate that, um, you know, his uh, former business associates didn't trust him, you know, basically, and he couldn't find employment. And he's looking at this now saying it's fortunate, you know, and I was plagued with uh, resentment and self-pity and um, and that he was sick you know, that he was really troubled. And and why I laugh is, yeah, because with this, you know, with our new way of looking, we see that there, it was incredibly fortunate. It was fortunate for us. Thank God life did not, you know, roll out the red carpet for him and give him what he thought he wanted because he might never have learned um, that, that intensive work with others was going to be the answer, and we would have never, I would have never benefited from him, um, you know, having no employment. It turned out to be the best thing in the world for me. You know, just like when I listen on this line and I hear some of the, you know, the, the devastating deaths that this disease brought you guys and myself, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that we all, you know, that we're so unfortunate, you know, because it's, it's the design for living, Um that has turned my life around, and it's opposite of what I always thought. I always thought, um, well, in order for everything to be good, I have to get my way, you know, and, and sometimes getting my way seemed pretty reasonable. It, it was not wanting a mansion. It was wanting, like, what was real, you know, what, what everybody wants, um, and that I thought my happiness was dependent on getting what I wanted, um, and when I didn't get what I wanted, um, you know, then it was dependent on people feeling bad for me or allowing me to sit in my problem. And I also would think that if, you know, when things were rough, um, that's the time to, to pull inside, to withdraw, to ask to be carried and, and nurtured. And um, that's not really the answer. For me, it's, it's to pour out, you know. So when I'm feeling disturbed, I pour out. And... Um, and that's what the answer has been for me. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Uh, Tracy T., please go ahead.
Press star one, Tracy, to unmute. Hi, this is Tracy T. from New York. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Um, I'm listening uh, to what everyone's saying, and I'm thinking about a conversation I had last night with, with my sponsor in regards to um, how do I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I, I feel like I can't stop eating. Um, and I, I'm reading and I hear that a spiritual, um, a spiritual experience can, can help me. And when asked how, how do I get that experience, the answer was connecting with other people, working with other people, talking to other people, reaching out and calling people when you, when you feel like you're about to take that bite. And that's so hard, you know. It's, it's one thing, I guess, once you have the recovery to, to, to look to hold on to your recovery with working with sponsees, but when you're trying to get recovered, the concept of picking up a phone and calling people, calling people, whether even though that may be helping the other person, it's so daunting. Um, So that's why I called today, you know, this is my my action work or attempt at trying to connect with other people. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Tracy T. Okay, who else would like to share? Okay, Ida. Who else? Nessa R. Nessa R. Nessa R. Anyone else? Okay. I'm sorry, D. Nancy R. E for Edward. Barbara E. Okay, I did not get, I have um, Ida, I didn't get your last initial, Nessa R, Nancy R, Barbara E. There was someone else. Linda R. Linda R. You got Barbara E. I did get Barbara E. Thank you. Anyone else? Cynthia C. Cynthia M. Cynthia C. and Leah M. And let's stop there. Okay. Uh, Ida, would you give me your initial of your last name and then please go ahead. Hi, it's Ida L. from Pennsylvania. Thank you. Go ahead, Ida. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, um, I'm a recovered Ida compulsive overeater from recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. You know, um, when I I've been in OA for 38 years, um, I've been in a recovered state of mind for three years. My previous experience in OA was that you called somebody every day and you reported your food, and whoever that person was that was quote unquote your sponsor that you reported your food to. Um, that's what you did. You reported your food. You, I went to meetings and I had relationships with people in the rooms, but this is just absolutely different than anything I've ever experienced before. And I am so thankful for what I have experienced through, and I don't want to say through vision, but vision introduced me to the work of the big book and to the full concept of working the steps. The 12 step for me is I have a huge network and I'm so grateful for that network that I have today because it isn't all about just who I sponsor. 
or who um, I take as a step guide through the steps, but it's who the people are that I network with. You know, my disease is a disease of me. It's all about me. And whether I was in the food or out of the food, it was still all about me. And the networking is what saved my life because it reminds me it's not all about you. AA has in their grapevine, and it is conference-approved AA material, so I think it's conference-approved for us, uh, King Baby. And that is definitely Bill, it's Bill's story about the, the thinking about King Baby. And as long as I stay in self, I will continue to be depressed because my program has to be other-focused. I am so thankful that being a chronic relapser for 35 years and now being truly relieved of the obsession has given me the mindset of what it means to network, to work with other people, to stay out of myself. And I have to tell you, my recovery today is all of my life. It isn't something that I just sit in in the morning when I do my food plan and I write it down and I give it to a sponsor. My recovery today is all of my life. It's constantly going through every experience in the day, taking it through the steps and or talking and networking with other people and doing the same thing with them. I'm so thankful and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Ida L. Nessa R., please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I'm recovered in um, Toronto, Canada. Um, When I came into the rooms, I didn't even think that I needed recovery. I didn't even know what recovery was or what it meant. I just thought that I needed to control the food and lose the weight. But, you know, I found so much more in recovery. You know, um, and what brought me that recovery? Only two things. There's only two things that work for me. Firstly, um, get truly, honestly abstinent. Get rid of every single binge food, every single trigger ingredient and trigger behavior. And then work the steps according to the big book. Nothing else. Nothing else helped for me. And so now as a sponsor, I see that as my job. My job as a sponsor is not to listen to sponsees' um, marital problems or what their plans for the day are or advise them what to do in this or that matter um, because I have no expertise in any of those areas. You know, I... I am not a social worker, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not a therapist, um, I'm not a marriage counselor, um, you know, none of those things. There's only two things that I have expertise in. Number one is I'm an expert at the disease of compulsive overeating, uh, which enables me to to um, identify um, with my sponsees and hopefully enables my sponsees to identify with me. And the second thing I have expertise on is recovery. Uh, And more precisely, recovery through the 12 steps as described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so that is my only role as a sponsor is, you know, 
to help my sponsees identify what foods they have to get rid of and then take them through the steps. So I guess maybe this is a message to sponsees that if your sponsors are not taking you through the steps, you need to either ask them um, to do so or find somebody who will. And the message to sponsors is this is our only role. You know, to work with another compulsive overeater, what it means by to work with them doesn't mean to chat in the phone and check with them every day, you know, how's the weather and how's the job, you know, are you getting along with your coworkers, are you getting along with your children? No, that's not our job. Our job is only to take people to the steps because that's the only thing that I am qualified to do. Uh, and that's the only thing that brings recovery, which is why um, we are here. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Nancy R., please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so very much for your service. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Nancy R. I am truly a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, it's been said that uh, when we start using... Uh, our, our addictive substance is that we uh, cease growing up. Well, I do believe I was born with this disease. I cannot remember a time you know, growing up when I wasn't into uh, uh, compulsive overeating. And so consequently, uh, emotionally, I don't really know what my age uh, is. Um, and I use food. I learned to use food at a very early age to cope with uh the ups and downs of life. So uh, the statement that this is a design for living really rings true with me. Uh, through this program, uh, the statement says it is a design for living that works in rough going. It's also, for me, a design for living uh, in the good things also. I, I, uh, food was my response to any uh, emotion, of happiness, sadness, excitement. It didn't matter. Uh, to overeat was my response to use my uh, foods. So uh, this program, the steps, the steps have, have equipped me uh, to live life as a mature adult, that uh, uh, I have other options other than compulsive overeating, only through working the 12 steps and having this merciless, merciless obsession removed uh, from me. What a joy. What a joy to live in recovery. And I, too, have been in OA for many years. I came in initially in the 70s, dropped out and came back and have, been, have remained since 93. And I'm, you know, I'm just so grateful. I don't, um, I don't rule any time that, I, that, that was spent struggling, uh, times and relapse. All of that was part of the journey that brings me to today. And today the promises of the program uh, ring true for me. Uh, but I'm reminded through this reading that I have to continue working for them. And on page 89, it tells us very clearly, I call that the insurance page, that nothing insures. Practical experience shows that nothing insures. You know, nothing will ensure that I can keep this, like vigorous work with other people. And what a, I mean, what a, what a small price to pay for the big gift that I've received. Thank you for letting me share. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Nancy R. And um, Barbara E., please go ahead. Can you hear me, everyone? Yes. 
Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. I, too, love this paragraph. It's a design for living that works when, when in rough going. That's so true because life just is not all sugar, sorry, not all wonderful things. It's, there are ups and downs, just like the tide goes up and down. So does my life. But for me, I had to go through, as Bill did, all the things that I went through to get to be at the point where I was desperate and broken down and ready to accept away. I had to be beaten down by the diet clubs, the pills, the shots, the therapists, losing and gaining huge amounts of weight. And when I joined OA, my friends and coworkers weren't skeptical. My family wasn't skeptical because I told them nothing because I was afraid they would scoff. I had failed so many times before. Now I tell the whole world that I'm part of OA because I want to share everything. And I, by nature, am an impatient person. I want everything now. But I understand in OA that I have to be willing to be patient. And now I'm willing to do all the rigorous work uh, connecting myself with other people, talking honestly, working with others is such a joy because it hammers in the nail in my compulsive eating tiger so that it won't get out again. And I too have been in for a long, long time and I've been blessed with abstinence, but I'm now being, I've now been blessed with a wonderful vision for you sponsor and this wonderful meeting. And that's where I am now. Just grateful on this sunny day. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Linda R., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service today. This is Linda R., recovered in South Florida. Depth and weight, that's what's coming into my mind. When I first came into the program, I came in at 1971, been in program a very long time. And I remember, you know, in those days, we only did three-step walks, one, two, three. They did not have the depth and weight of the, the rest of the steps. So we were only given those steps, and we did a step-up ceremony at the end of step three very symbolic, with three candles. It was just wonderful. It really was. However, when I first took my first sponsee, I will never forget, I had gotten someone that was very unstable. I was brand new in the program. I had no clue how to sponsor except one, two, three. So I I just could not handle it. And I remember the guilt and the shame that I experienced with with that person. I didn't know how to help the person. She had so many problems other than her food issues. So what happened was I was very, very lucky because I got sent someone into my life who was dual addicted and was working, you know, AA, and she was my advisor, my spiritual advisor, and I was able to get through that. And as I, you know, went through the rest of the steps in the program, for me, Helping others is the foundation of my recovery and of my program. There is nothing that gives me more hope, joy, happiness 
I just, and, and you know, while I'm giving this program away, for me, it is also a review of the steps because, again, you know, we heard this a few days ago, we must have a program of depth and weight. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I shouldn't have sponsored at that time because it was part of my journey. But as I got, you know, more recovery in the program and I started to spiritually enlarge, I was able to give away something, you know, truly, truly gut level. So I just want to share that, you know, again, someone had said this before, I, you know, I am not in the program to fix anyone or to give advice. I'm only here to study the big book. I call it OA University. The big book is one of my textbooks. It's, it's a lifelong study and a spiritual enlightenment to help me get through these steps on a daily basis to apply them and to help other people. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Linda R. Um, Cynthia C. I think it's C, but I can't read my writing. Cynthia? Hi, this is Cynthia C. Um, Great. Thank you so much for your service. And I really wanted to say thank you to everybody who has shared at this meeting and the other meetings. I've listened into. I am a newcomer, and um, I I was involved in OA in the late '80s, um, and in another in another area there wasn't a lot of recovery, and I ended up getting recovery through another 12-step um, food program, and then I um, I entered into a new life, and I sort of dropped it and. I've had excuse after excuse for not coming back, um, and those excuses have all faded. And um, and I just wanted to say, as somebody who has received phone calls and has received on the other end of people who are reaching out and helping people, that it makes such a huge difference that the welcome that I've gotten, especially from people from this meeting, has been just huge. Um, and and I, I felt welcomed, and I felt like I felt like I, I guess, kind of want to cry. I feel like a little bit like I've been welcomed home, you know, that there's hope, and that I can do things differently, um, and that I don't have to remain in the food. You know, I, I don't quite know what my food plan is yet. I haven't gotten a sponsor yet, and you know, and I am Shabbat observant, and there are a lot of challenges with that, and. I know all of those things can be overcome because I hear you all doing that. And I, I just really wanted to say thank you. And, and I, it means so much to know that I don't have to remain in the food anymore and that there's hope. So thank you very much. Thank you, Cynthia C. Thank you, Cynthia C. I hope you keep coming back. Leah M., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, it is a design for living that works in rough going. You know, rough going, you know, I had a rough time living, you know, just being me um, with that self-centered preoccupation, you know, that we all come in with. Um, but the program of recovery, you know, is it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You know, on page 59 in the text, it talks about half measures avail us nothing. And that even means if 11 of the 12 measures <laughs> have been uh, implemented, 
um, I've got to get to the 12th. You know, we can do the steps from 1 through 11, but if we don't get active and carry the message, we're going to die. I'm going to die. It's that simple for someone like me because I'm disabled. (laughs) You know, I'm always going to be a compulsive overeater. Yes, I have a daily reprieve dependent on my spiritual condition, but you know, I may look at other people. People don't have to do what I have to do. They don't have addiction. They can spend their time doing things they want to do, having hobbies that they want to have uh, for their pleasure, their comfort, and their enjoyment. But I can't afford to do that. I have to help other people and stay in the trenches. Um, you know, other people may not understand But do I understand, do I know who and what I am? Even decades later, do I understand and fully concede that I am a compulsive overeater? Do I understand that my recovery and all the action that I need to implement every day as a lifestyle is a life and death matter for me? You know, and it's this program is not based on feelings. It doesn't matter whether I feel like it. I don't always feel like doing laundry or cooking for a large family. I don't always feel like it. But it is something that is my responsibility. My recovery is my responsibility. It's not based on my feelings, and it's not based on what I wish I could be doing, and it's not based on convenience. (laughs) This program is not always convenient, but it is an unshakable foundation for my life. Because through these actions, uh, I build character, and I and I see in working with others and watching their lives uh, be reborn. Um, I see the God in them because looking back at almost, you know, three decades of working with other people, I know I have grown far more from carrying this message than I even grow um, from implementing these steps. The more I give what I have been given, the more I'm blessed by God growing in my life. It is in this transmittance that gives me the stability that someone like me so desperately needs because I keep re-experiencing the power of the program through other people coming back to life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah M. We have time for two more shares. Who would like to take those? Leah S. Leah. Uh, I'm sorry, I heard Leah S. And who was the other? Renee C. Renee C., great. Okay. Please go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Um, I was plagued by resentment and pity, and it nearly drove me back to drink. So he's white-knuckling it. He's, He's either white-knuckling it or trying to and has not found the complete solution. What is the complete solution? It's the last sentence, one of the last sentences on talking to a man there. I would be amazingly lifted up and sit on my feet. And it is a design of living that does work in the rough going because life is on life's terms. We don't set out to 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 be dandy and, and, and everything to be just the way we want, imagine it to be. This is our way of life. That is, this is my way of life. I'm sorry. This is my way of life because it's my way of recovery. And thank you for letting me share. I pass. 
Thank you, Leah S. And Renee C., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Renee C., grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater from outside of Philadelphia. Thank you so much for your service. And the shares this morning are all, the shares are always wonderful, but especially this morning they have touched me. So Bill here is talking about, you know, being plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment that almost drove him back to drink, but that work with another alcoholic saved the day. And then he does go on, as so many have commented, to say it is a design for living that works in rough going, and he was amazingly lifted up and set on his feet. And I, too, have found this to be true, although I am not through all of the steps just yet, but I am working on my step eight, and uh, life is challenging. Life at times can be very difficult. I'm dealing with a very stressful, difficult medical condition and uh, very frightening. Um, and I don't feel so well many days. But I know in my heart of hearts that this design for living works in rough going during the good times, the not-so-good times, and everything in between. And I know that when I talk to people on the phone who are in tears or who are desperate or who are just beside themselves, I can identify with that. I know what that feels like. I remember my relapse almost 10 years ago, and I remember the desperation that I sought out something to help me back to recovery. And with that, I will pass, and thank you again. You are all very, very dear to me, and I love each one of you. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Renee C. Um, we have time for one more two-minute share. Is there anyone who would like to take that? Good morning. This is Carlisa. May I share? Sure, Carlisa. Please take two minutes. And you please, please feel free to... Um, end me if you need to. I was too, I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. Now this, after Mr. Bill has my soul brother, um, whom I, uh, who I feel a lot of identification for, has had his uh, sudden spiritual awakening. And what, what this tells me is that all of those feelings that I used to have and medicate with, uh, self-medication through consumption, most most uh, like food and drink and all of those things, once that's taken away, I have to replace my behavior, um, as people on this, I like to say, take action with something else. And what Bill is finding is those waves of feelings are coming up this, his self-centeredness, um, his selfishness, his self-seeking, his self-delusion continues to come up. Um, and what is saving him from himself, as Lois points out, is work with others. Now, that's not the only thing, um, and, and as we will read, but it is an important aspect of what he's doing. And, it, you know, maybe misery does like company, but it gives me, it, it helps soothe me. To, to be reading our founder's story and his openness and his candidness about his process. Um, all, is not, uh, all is not resolved when we have our spiritual awakening. It is just the beginning. We have to continue to work. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much. 
Um, and now we will close the meeting. Thank you, everyone, who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close, as we always do, with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Katie G., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Absolutely, Kathy. Good morning, friends. This is Katie G., recovered anorexic bulimic compulsive reader in Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.